Well, good evening. We're here for the second edition of the MPL's Queensland Sunday show. It's Scott and Adam here with you to recap a massive round seven in the MPL, FQPL and MPL Women's. Adam, how are you? Oh, I'm good, Scott. How are you? I'm good. It was an interesting round, wasn't it? Plenty of interesting results. We'll get to them in a minute, but what did you make of the overall round? Oh, look, uh, another another weekend in local football. Look, it's as good as ever, and it's sort of definitely filling in the void uh, given now that we're in off-season at the national level. Yes, the national level competitions are in hiatus for an undetermined period of time. We don't know when they're going to resume, so we'll certainly enjoy the MPL in it, in the gap. It's great in its own right. We'll, we'll start off with the game we were at, Adam, on Saturday evening at Lions Team Richlands. Lions 3, Peninsula Power 1, and it, this was a really, really good game, wasn't it? It was, and I guess reports of Lions' demise, I think, greatly exaggerated because this was a statement and a half that, you know, with Lions FC beating Peninsula Power, who were the league leads at the time, 3-1, look, and it was was a uh, 15-minute burst uh, that it was like the Lions evolved, that, you know, even with eight eight first-team players out, uh, they somehow found a way to turn it on, and, um, and yeah, and it was a returning uh, hero that uh, started the ball rolling for them. We'll get to that in a moment, but it really was a statement win, wasn't it? It was very clear, actually, in the post-game celebrations. We'll get to hear from Darren Simon in a moment. But it was very clear that, as a club, after what, after the, the start that they've had, which may not have been exactly what people would have expected of them, the loss to Olympic last week, they were out to make a massive statement. And you could tell at full-time exactly what it meant to them. Oh, absolutely. I think I think they, they enjoy a win over, you know, the, their big rivals. And look, their, their, their rivalry with Peninsula Power is a storied one that goes back long before the MPL, you know, back in the Brisbane Premier League days. And look, these are two fierce rivals that do not like, you know, losing to one another. And to come back from 1-0 down, and were they, they were, you know, pretty much outplayed in that first half. But that second half is probably, you know, close to the best they've played, you know, since since the return. It most certainly is, and it is a long-story rivalry. They played in the final BPL Grand Final that the two clubs played in back in 2017, I believe it was. It was a great start for Peninsula Power, wasn't it? They controlled the first part of the game, and it was an absolutely fantastic goal that they did score from Brent Fox. It was some really, really good interplay, wasn't it? Yeah, look, uh, Marek Madley, another sort of, you know, returning uh, sort of ex-Lions play coming back. Now, he, him and uh, Brendan Fox, the big, the one-two play, and look, you know, Luke Borian, you know, he was... He was beating all ends up, and no, there's nothing he could do. I think, you know, against any keeper at this level, yeah, that that was just a very, very well worked goal and um, a, a deserved lead nonetheless. And we should talk about Mark Madley as well because it was his first return back to line since he left at the beginning of the season, and he was up for it, wasn't he? You mentioned his his assist there for for Brenton Fox with the goal, but he also was absolutely influential in the game. He was had a few good chances, and look, he probably could have scored. And I remember at one point he ragged old Yuta Kasahara in a I threw a long ball as well, so he had a big impact. He did. Um, look, yeah, you know what? He he was up for this one, and and I, I think almost as well. I think um, potential power as well with with um, the likes of Andy Pangeli and Sam Cronin missing through injury. I almost think that you know the now starting to design um, a lot of the attack around you know Mark Madler as his traditional sort of hold up, and you know, a, a speedy player like uh, Brenton Fox, you know, certainly was the recipient. Um, it's sort of also as well. Um, you know, the injury concerns for power as well with uh, Josh Woolley coming off as well. And that sort of you know, started sort of downward slide a little bit because when he was on him and Woolley and Fox both, where they were really benefiting from Marek Madley's play, you know, in the middle. Well, hopefully it's not a case of deja vu for Peninsula Power because it's the same thing that's halted them last year. They lost the Lions midway through the season, coupled with some injuries, and that's kind of what set them back from their great start to finishing third, I believe it was, 
last season. But Lions in the second half, they were a much better side, weren't they? They weren't, they weren't out of the game in the first half, but they were shaded by a potential power. In the second half, particularly when John Carlos Slawsner, who you mentioned earlier, returned to the club, he came on and they, he had an almost immediate impact, didn't he? He did. Um, you could t- you could tell that the game was the game was sort of slowly turning. You know, lines were getting on a bit of momentum. Now the territory was going their way. But when Solozno came on, that really sort of tipped the balance. And it's no it was no surprise that he was on the end of you know his header to um to equalise in the 69th minute. Absolutely, and we've seen with Lions two years ago it was a win over Olympic in the cup, or just before that, which kickstarted their run to the Premiership. Last year it was a win against Peninsula Power, which did the same. Do you think this could be the result which sparks Lions in the second half of the season? Because I think it, if I think it most certainly could be based on the way they played on on Saturday night. I think the one thing that we have to keep in mind with Lions that if they start getting a lot of their players that are out, like they they had eight out. Um, like obviously, they'll get Nathan Reed and, and Jordan Farina back next week from suspension. Um, and, the, and so a few other players, obviously, as well, with injury concerns also to come back. I think the only player that won't be back is uh, Sean Carlos. He's gone for the season with a knee injury. Um, if, when these players start coming back, not only is it going to you know strengthen them up as well, but also you know it's going to create a massive you know headache, selection headache for Darren Syme, you know, come selection time. And that's only going to be a good thing for a club you know of this um of so this uh, size and magnitude. It most certainly is. It's certainly a problem that coaches at Lions have been used to down the years. And we actually spoke to Darren Syme after the game and he referenced the injury at the moment. Coach so of Lions, Darren Syme. Darren, that's a massive win for your side tonight. It is. It is. Uh, it's been an interesting few weeks. Um, so it's it's nice just to, I suppose, remind everyone that we're not dead and buried just yet. So that was the real point tonight after the result last week. It was about really showing everyone that you're still in the top four in Queensland. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I thought um, even last week's game with Olympic, you know, it was, a, it was a good game. It was a great game to watch, really enjoyable. Um, I think we had periods of, you know, of possession. Um, and overall, I think, you know, I was happy with the performance. I was, I was again, considering going into it with a few injuries. Um, yeah, I, I was still happy with that performance last week. But obviously tonight it was... Uh, it was a very strong performance for our boys, so I'm really, really happy. You must be really pleased in the second half, but the fight back also Solzano's impact off the bench. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think what was missing in that first half was just a little bit of quality in the final third, um, whether it was the final ball or whether it was just a little bit of composure in front of goal. And obviously he's got that in spades. So I think, uh, um, you know, I'm very happy for him to, to, to score as well. Um, but we needed that little bit of quality in, at key moments. This is the first time it's talked since the season resumption. You've got a couple of really big names in from NPL Victoria coming back to the club. Mm, mm. You happy with the way they're settling in back here in Queensland? I am. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're obviously ex-Lions boys as well. So, you know, like a comfy old slipper, you know, those two, they, they've come back in and, and fit in quite nicely. You know, they, they know what we're all about here. So um, they've hit the ground running. Obviously, fitness is... Still, we're still working on that, but that's all right. We'll uh, we'll manage manage them through, and I'm sure we'll get some, you know, better as they go on. You got eight players out. I think it was for today's game. Are any of those players close to coming back? Obviously, the Spanish mm. guys will be, but you're hoping to get some players back in future weeks. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, they've worked really hard in, in rehab. Uh, probably Andy Thompson will come back into the squad for Wednesday night, by the looks of things. Um, so hopefully he'll get he'll get some time. Uh, Josh also isn't too far away, so. Yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, 
come team selection time for sure. Something with a few headaches. I mean, you've got Brisbane Strikers midweek on Wednesday. It's a good opportunity there to bounce back after they, mm. they knocked you off a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they, they played really well that night. I think um, we also played into their hand a little bit. So we've learned from that, absolutely. Um, so, you know, it won't take much motivation from me to, to have the boys ready on Wednesday night. Congratulations on the win tonight and good luck on Wednesday. Appreciate that. Thank you. So that's what Darren Syme had to say after the win last night. Adam, we should talk about the two other goal scorers in the game. Joe Duckworth got his 14th of the season from the penalty spot. But young Fletcher McDonald, who was back in midfield, who's a natural midfielder, been playing at fullback for Lions because of the injury crisis that you mentioned. He was really, really good in the midfield last night, wasn't he? And he capped it off with a, with a nice goal. Yeah, look, uh, that, that was actually quite a surprise because we, we've only seen um, Fletcher McDonald play at the fullback position. He sort of... Look, he did. He did an all right job there. I wouldn't say, you know, he's certainly not a, you know, Brindle South or, you know, a Thompson, you know, but he certainly did a job that he was asked. But last night, playing in that, in that, you know, the form of Danny Kim number six role, that that screen midfield, and then allowing Marco Jankovic to go into the hard defence of Tommy Jarrett, he was really good. And the goal that he scored, you know, was a deserved goal. I think, you know, he capped off a good night. But also Joe Duckworth's penalty, yeah, no one's stopping that. That was just a very, very good take. I did to correct you. I did see Fletcher McDonald play midfield off the bench in the game against Sunshine Coast Wanderers in the Football Foundation Cup. That was oh, a long time ago. And in, in fairness to you, you were overseas, but <laughs> it was it did help straighten the side up, didn't it? Marco Jankovic back into defence, his natural position alongside Tommy Jarrod, and a more mobile midfielder in there. It just just made things a lot easier, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's the key to to lines and the way they play. They really need that screening midfielder has a has a little bit of you know creativity and vision. You know, Danny Kim for the last three seasons before he went off to the raw, you know, so provide that. But you know what? They may they may have, you know, discovered, you know, a player uh, in Fletcher McDonald that could, you know, at least replicate, you know, a lot of that. I'm not saying for a minute that you know he is a that you know, he is Danny Kim because if he is, yeah, you know, he's got a very, very bright future ahead of him. He may turn out that way. But look I think um he's definitely serviceable. I think, you know, again it, it proves a selection hack for Darren Syme going forward. No, he's definitely a good young player. If he turns out to be half as good as Danny Kim, he's off to a fantastic career. We'll move on to Adam, the second game, which we covered in person this week. Today, while well, Sunday, depending on when you listen to this, Brisbane Raw Youth versus Morton Bay United down there at Logan Metro Football Complex. And I think we both thought that this was a game Brisbane Raw had to win, but Morton Bay turned up and they did what Morton Bay do. They were really solid. And they were able to get the point to it. There was the 2-1 win. Jackson, Courtney Perkins, and Lyndon Farr with, Farr with the goals for Morton Bay. Kai Chipaldo with one for the Raw. But it just, the Raw were a bit flat, and Morton Bay were at their best, weren't they? Yeah, look, uh, more, the Morton Bay we know sort of showed up, and they, they were, they were, they, like, so they got into the fight with, um, with the, with the, a young raw early on. You know, even then they went behind. You could tell that they were, they were determined to sort of, you know, pull back that, that um that lead and it only took him seven minutes to to get back you know from you know a great well well taken goal by um Jackson Courtney Perkins look defense the defense may have uh, let uh Nathan Foster down a little bit but look nonetheless it was a very very good strike you know beat him you know beat him at the far post um with, with defense coming so that was probably more a good goal but yeah, they probably should have done more to sort of shut him down rather than even giving Jackson Courtney Perkins the opportunity to have a shot because, look, he's another player, you know, one to watch in this league. Absolutely. We might get to the fight and the fireworks in a minute. We'll talk about the football first, Adam. And it was a real arm wrestle, wasn't it? The game was a really, really even one. It wasn't a game full of full of chances. It was a real midfield battle and two really even teams, wasn't it? Yeah, look, and, um, absolutely. And I think this... 
these are two sides that I think are built sort of, you know, sort of the same way as far as, you know, they, they're going to, it's, they're very, very technical sort of size to a point. Um, obviously, you know, there's some very, very, you know, good technical players for the Raw especially, but look, uh, Morton Bay certainly, you know, gave, you know, sort of fought back and they, and they sort of played in their, in their own style. And that's a very, very tough physical presence. Well, Morton Bay have their own skillful players. So we should talk about Lyndon Farr in particular. I know you, mm. we were both impressed by his performance off the right-hand side. So he was really impressive. He's got a really good goal to get the winner, but his all-round play was really good. Yeah, look, and he he's been he's been probably him and Jackson Courtney Perkins probably the two standout players, you know, in the resumption for, uh, for Morton Bay. And when they're on, they're they're winning games. And I think when it's when they get shut out or go missing, I think that's where uh, Morton Bay have struggled this season. So I think the important thing is if those two players sort of you know, have an influence on the game, you can almost bet that Morton Bay will be collecting, you know, if not eight point, but maximum points. Absolutely. You mentioned Morton Bay. They've one area they've been struggling with is also with the injuries. We spoke to Royce Brownlee start today about that. This is what he had to say. Brownlee, Royce, that's a massive win for your side there coming back from a goal down. Yeah, look, you know, to be honest, in the coming weeks, we've been really working hard on trying to get our teams a bit defensively be better structured. You know, I think the last probably three games, structurally, we've been better. You know, we've got, even though we keep losing players like Benny Harris has just done his groin now, um, you know, the boys that we've got for the end, Declan Smith's a striker, you know, and played centre back when he was, I think, under 16s or something. So, we're doing for a makeshift team that we're making the team to work really hard. You know, and brought him in, but I needed him to do a job at right back today. We knew um, the Royal were very good and predominant on the left hand side, so we thought we'd close him down there, it'll be better for us. So Declan's come in and done a fantastic job back there. This is the first time I've had a chance to talk to you this season. How are you finding it back at It's inspirational, you know. I like being back, and I've, I've always enjoyed the club. They've always looked after me, you know. And I think now, um, the good thing is, I played with most of these boys, you know, when they were 18s, 20s coming through. So the respect's there, you know. They understand um, my philosophy and what we're trying to get out and what we want to achieve this year, you know. And they're all young, and they want to do well. They want to achieve something. So that's the, what we're trying to push the benchmark for. Look, it's always the aim, you know. And if you're not out there to win it, you're, you're kidding yourself, you know what I mean? If you're sitting there going, I'm happy to finish mid-table, well, I think that's not fair on the players and, and for us as a club. And you've got potential power midweek. Looking forward to a rematch against them after they knocked you off at home a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, look, you know, it was it was funny one of those funny games. That was the start of our sort of bad luck. You know, we had two broken ankles in that one game. So, um, you know, poor young Robbo come on from the 20s that we brought up because we we're short and he's just had his operation. Um, and Sammy Dickinson's um, got a broken bone and a busted ligament. So we're making do, but I think we'll, we'll be um, up for the game this week. Anyone who's close to me, Matt, no, they're all long-term injuries, so um, so we got Tom Arrow back in, um, and he's come back from a 16-month, you know, injury as well. So, you know, we've got to, we've gone far and few to try and bring players in to help strengthen our squad. Well, it's working well for you. Congratulations. Good luck midweek. Fantastic, guys. Thank you very much. So that was a very happy Royce Brownlee after today's win, and we always thank the coaches for having a chat to us, Adam. This could be a massive result for Morton Bay, isn't it? It moves them up to sixth on the table. We'll get to the full standings in a moment, but this is a really important result for them. Look, yeah, especially um, a team above them on on the ladder. Uh, like I so said, this this midfield, uh, this mid pack from about five down to about ten, it's going to be a win or two win it. There's uh, games in hand and whatnot. They're going to come so important. So any win is a good win at the moment uh, for them. And I think you know, a big three points for them to for Morton Bay to gain, but also sort of, you know a costly three points to miss out for Brisbane Raw. Well, any win's always a good win, Adam. So we'll talk about the Raw briefly now. We 
We should. Um, look, they weren't at their absolute best. We know they've been in a great run of form since lockdown. Only dropped one game to Peninsula Power until today. So they've been in a great run of form, but they weren't quite at their best today, were they? No. no I, and I've got to think as well is that um, it's also a case of, I think the Raw are still learning to come to grips of, you know, when they play a side that is a lot more physical with them, that's going to, you know, you know, tackle harder, you know, you know, sort of niggle at them. Um, I think that's the part of the sort of their development now that probably needs to sort of go. Like, I mean, there's no question that, you know, you've got some of the most skillful, you know, tech, you know, technically pl- good players, you know, probably, you know, at that, at that age, you know, in Queensland. I think now it come, the next lesson for that, for this side would be, you know, when teams, you know, do get physical. Because, like, like, Morton Bay, you know, they got really sort of physical, though, hitting hard off, sort of, you know, on and off the ball. And did get, in the second half especially, the game did get a bit niggly. And there was, you know, a couple of, you know, flashpoints, which the referees, I think they, they did their best. But I think, you know, they did tend to lose control of it to a point. We'll get to those flashpoints in just a moment. But do you actually think that this could be something that a lot of other teams do look at as a blueprint to try and go up against the Brisbane Rock? Because you mentioned they've got a lot of good technical players, young players coming through. Do you think this might be something the teams look at? Like, well, let's use our more more hardened senior bodies and our physicality to go and use that to our advantage. Oh, absolutely. I think I think it starts on Wednesday night. I think we're against in the next game. I I, I definitely think that you know if there's a way, like I said, that you know they. They've always, there's always been a case in the past for, you know, Brisbane Royal Youth that, you know, they're, they're only they're only sort of, you know, competitive for a while. Um, but like I said, this this is the this is the real deal. This is a very, very good team, not a bunch of, you know, individual, you know, young young prospects. This is a good team. And I think that, you know, coaches are now starting to think, you know, we need to beat them as a team, not just try and shut out, you know, the star players because, you know, you, you look at you look at this side at the moment, and yeah, look, there's some, there's, there's, you know, three, you know, underage internationals in this team, but you know, you shut them down. There's gonna be other players that can take that spot. So I think it's, I think coaches now starting, they're posing coaches now looking at, okay, how can we unsell them? How can we, you know, sort of throw them off their game? I think Morton Bay and Royce Brownlee, I think, have found a way to really sort of unsell them because that's exactly what happened. They are certainly are a much more different proposition to what they were a couple of years ago. Now, let's talk about the um, the incidents off the ball. Briefly, Adam, there was one. Cooper McCormick and Lyndon Farr had a bit of a tussle on the sideline. That yellow shown to both. And then late on in the game, Marquez Walters was shown two yellow cards late on. So he was sent off. But it was, it was a very chippy game, wasn't it? Particularly in the second half, as you mentioned. Yeah, it was. And that battle between um, Cooper McCormick and, and Linda Farr, that really sort of you know, kicked off. And look, uh, to, be on, to be honest, you know, I reckon that you know, Cooper McCormick might have been very, very lucky to, um, to have you know, escaped more than just a yellow card. I think with that, with that clash with Linda Farr, I think there was, I don't think, I think, don't think either the referee or the near side linesman um, caught enough to see the evidence to see that, you know, where there was, you know, more foul play in that. So he might have been very, very lucky. But I think also on the other side of things, I think because the just the, the aggro in the game, I think, you know, Marcus Walters was probably, you know, he got a little bit frustrated. He kicked out, which I think was on his second yellow card. So and I think it was, I think his card was marked by then anyway. I think that, you know, like I said, just to see niggle in the game, there's a lot of ill-tempered, um, sort of you know challenges in that game. I know, I know straight after that flashpoint between Lyndon Farr and um, and Cooper McCormack, I know that um, that 
Marquez Walters got brought down on pre-scything tackles. So, look, I think it all escalated. But I think, that, again, to that point, it's it was it, it was that physical nature. I don't, just don't think that the raw side sort of, you know, was able to counter. I think they'll be up to Chris Grossman to try and somehow um, counter that because I think it's going to be a tactic that's going to be used against them more and more. And possibly to a point you made on, at the ground, Adam, maybe Morton Bay's experience as a team help them resettle again better after that. We'll go through some of the other results quickly through the rest of the weekend. Gold Coast United nil, Sunshine Coast Wanderers nil, Brisbane Strikers one, Eastern Suburbs one, Gold Coast Knights three, they bounce back with a with a win over Capalabar one. And in the other games this evening, Olympic FC four, Brisbane City one. I guess we should start on this Adam with the bounce back for Gold Coast Knights expected, do you think? Um, it was. Uh, it got off to a bad start with um, Kapalaba actually going one up. But um, look, I think I think any issues, I, I guess, you know, with sort of the Grey Pittick, um, I guess, leaving the club. I think that I think I think in all the drama around that early in the week, I think um, the players, I think that it's a good. I think let's not forget this is a very very good team. You know, there's a lot of experience there. And while um, Kapalaba are always good for a goal a goal to a home, but their problem is they cannot play a full 90 minutes. I think, you know, they're competitive for 60, 65 minutes. And then it just, a, it's just a repeat of the same thing. They just get run over and can see goals and back ends of games. I think it's about the third or fourth time where they've considered multiple goals in the last 20 minutes. So I think that's a real issue for them down there that, you know, and they need to sort that out or otherwise they're going to be really deep in the relegation fight. Um, they don't, but look, Gold Coast Knights, they're, they're a good team and, you know, expect to bounce back. Before we start talking about the relegation, but we should also mention the other grand final team from last year, Olympic. They had a really important win today over Brisbane City, and it actually moves them up into third now on the table. So, all the again, you mentioned the demise of Lions was greatly exaggerated. Perhaps the demise of Olympic was was equally exaggerated. Yeah, well, I think with I think with Olympic as well, um, they they go they're always um, going to sort of you know take some time. To um to sort of get together with the addition of uh, Tasku Sakia who scored who scored tonight, um Ajahn Fedahajik as well coming in, uh the, there was always going to be a, you know a period where they they had to sell and gel as a team. I think they may have found that point now. Um four one against Brisbane City that that's a that's a decent result for them, and and an equally uh, a not a great result for City. No, not a great result for them. We'll talk about City more in a moment. We talk about the midfield battle, but first we will run through the table. Lions are back on top of the table on 25 points, level with Gold Coast Knights. Olympic and Peninsula Power third and fourth on 24. Peninsula obviously have a couple of games in hand, so you would say they still hold the the key to the Premiership race for now, although things can change. Brisbane Roar are fifth on 20 points, and you've got Moreton Bay, Gold Coast United, Brisbane City, Brisbane Strikers, Capalabar, East, Redlands, and Sunshine Coast remain in the bottom spot. But Adam, that relegation battle is starting to get heated up because... Sunshine Coast is starting to pick up more points, which is obviously great for the league, and we, we expected that they would do that. But from them up to Capalaba now is a five-point gap. So there's there's a number of teams who are being drawn back into the relegation battle item. Yeah, look, um, I think a lot of people assume that, you know, Sunshine Coast, you know, they, they were always going to be, you know, a long last. But like I said, they've picked up a few wins. Uh, an important draw at, uh, you know, down at Complex on, on uh, Saturday afternoon. And... Look, they're, they're certainly, uh, they've got their tails up, and I reckon they would be, you know, really confident they can sort of haul in the likes of, um, of you know, Redlands and or East or Capalaba. And even even to a point, Brisbane Strikers might need to sort of also get a move on a little bit. I think they're probably still in the safe zone, but 
uh, a couple of losses, and all of a sudden they're, they're in this as well. The important thing is the Sunshine Coast Wanderers do have a game in hand above all those three teams you mentioned, mm. so that the ball is most certainly in their courts. So if they can get win that game, they have the chance to get themselves to safety. The midfield battle, which you referenced a few minutes ago, Adam, that's the really interesting thing at the moment, is that from Morton Bay in sixth down to Capalabar in tenth, there's a game, there's one game between them. And that's that, I think, tells you just how close the league is this year. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, uh, like this time last week, you know, Morton Bay were at the, at the tail end of that so chasing pack. And, you know, one win and all of a sudden results go their way. And all of a sudden, um, they're up in six and looking very, very pretty. So that's how quickly uh, th- this table can change in that midfield battle at the moment. Um, potential power, interesting enough, that their two games in hand are against Brisbane City and Gold Coast United. So obviously two mid-table teams. Uh, so you're right what you're saying about the top four. They had, there's implications to that because, like I said, you can easily say that at the moment that they're definitely, even though they're sitting in fourth at the moment, those two games in hand are absolutely golden. They can pick up all six points, you know, and it remains the same. You know, they're getting the premiers. Well, they they will start favourite in both those games, but you mentioned Brisbane City and Gold Coast. You know, they are the two sort of sides who are quite happy to throw a curveball into things as we've seen so far this season. Now, we'll move on now and talk about the MPLW, the game we were at yesterday, the first part of the doubleheader, we saw was Lions 2, Mitchell to Nillen. It was a pretty comfortable win in the end for Lions, wasn't it? Tegan Riding and Marielle Hecker on the scoreboard in the first half, and then they just covered off Mitchelton, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It was, a, would say, a very professional effort by Lions. Um, they did what they needed to do. Again, uh, they're another, another sort of, you know, team in their competition where who was struggling with injuries and so missing players and whatnot. So they... Um, yeah, they, they did the job. Uh, Mitchelton were, I think, a little bit disappointing. But I think it's a case of uh, you, you, you shut down their star players. And, and you know, Mitchelton have some, good, some very, very good players in Sophie Pearson and um, and Beck Horsey, as, as well as a number of young, you know, former Lions players. But they, they sort of, you know, were at most parts sort of, you know, missing in action for most of that. And I think that was more Lions just shut them down. And, uh, yeah, it, it comes down to in, this, in, that, in that league, um, I think with the exception of maybe Morton Bay, I think every team has a couple of star players, but I think there comes down to depth. I think, you know, Lions, especially, I think they've got, you know, a lot more sort of, you know, strong players in the squad. And that's why they, they're, they're um, you know, going back to back for the premiership. I think their t- campaign's on, but Gold Coast United are the ones to catch at the moment. We'll talk about Gold Coast moment, but I do think that with the slight run of outs that the Lions have had in the MPLW in the last couple of weeks, Getting a result like that at home, I think, was really important for them. It wasn't the swashbuckling sort of Lions football we've seen in the past, but it was just a, a good, solid win. And we'll have a look at some other results now. Adam Logan had a 3-1 win over recent suburbs. The um, QAS pushed Gold Coast United to the limit, but Gold Coast did win by one goal to nil. And in the games today, South West Queensland Thunder picked up their first win of the season, a 4-1 win over Morton Bay United. And the other game, which our colleague James called, Adam, Capalabar 2, Gap nil and I look at it now, there's a, we'll talk about the table in a minute, but there's a bit of a gap now between Capalabar and the gap. And that seems to me like that would that top four now looks like it. They are the favourites to get there for finals football. Yeah, no, I think um, that that was a pivotal game. We sort of, you know, we're, we're talking to James about that, that this, this game was going to, you know, really shape the... Um, it was going to shape sort of the, the whole league uh, as far as the finals race go. And, uh, yeah, Capalabar winning... Over the gap, I think, yeah, the gap in East, I think they've got the work cut out to try and sort of, you know, bridge the gap and sort of knock off the likes of Capalabar, Logan and Lions, or even even Gold, Gold Coast, you know, even though they've got a couple of games in hand themselves. So I think, I think they're almost, they're, 
does despite you know, maybe a um, a major form slump, uh, I think Gold Coast United, you can almost say, well, we're playing finals football, but the rest, they've got their work cut out. Something interesting, that Gold Coast United, they do lead, lead the league with a three-point gap and a game in hand to Lions, who are second. Logan are in third, Kapalabara are fourth, and there is a five-point gap back to the gap in fifth, although they do have a game in hand on Kapalabara, so they might be able to close that that back up. Then you've got East in sixth, South United in seventh, Football Queens and QAS in eighth, Mitchelton in ninth, Thunder in tenth, and Moreton Bay in eleventh. So it's getting interesting in the MPLW, isn't it, Adam? It is. Um, and look, just beyond that, um, I think you know, the the Football Queens and QAS girls, I think, uh, I think they ought to be congratulated. You know, they, they were in that game for a very long way against uh, Gold Coast United. Um, obviously, we didn't see the game in full. Uh, Last night, because we were obviously at, at lines, but um, you know to, to keep to keep Gold Coast United, who have been you know, really you know, attacking-wise, that you know to hold them to one goal, and I think it was a late goal as well. I I do believe um, we get that that confirmed. But uh, yeah, look, that's a fantastic effort. And look, no, and those um, and the young girls, you know, if they show up and play, they're always going to be um, really, really competitive. And I think it's a, it's a very, very good sign. Um, yeah, as far as sort of the league in general, you know, and women's football, like there, there's a some marvelous talent in that in that side, and I think we can't wait to see them, you know, obviously go out to sort of the clubs or even, you know, maybe even, you know, Brisbane Raw at some point in the W League squad. Well, watch this space, and that also also say Gold Coast United yet another clean sheet for them, the best defensive record in, in the MPLW this season. Now FQPL Adam, Western Pride one, Sunshine Coast nil, Logan three, Holland Park nothing. Today, Southwest Queensland 3-0 over Rochdale Rovers, Wolves 4-1 over Southside Eagles, and South United with, a, with their second win of the season away to the Ipswich Knights. It's a, an interesting set of results there, but at the top of the table, Southwest Queensland Thunder maintain their age. Yeah, and I think uh, they, I think they've just shortened even more as uh, favourites to to win promotion, Southwest Queensland Thunder, because they're obviously they're not only they're winning it, they're tough at home, they're winning on the road as well. So uh, to beat beat Rochdale 3-0. That's a very, very good effort. And, uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to be their their um, sort of, you know, premiership to lose from here. Well, but certainly is they have a four-point lead over Logan in second, followed by Mitchelson and Western Pride, third and fourth. Ipswich are fifth. Rosedale in sixth. And you've got Wynnum, Wolves, Holland Park, South, Sunshine Coast, South Eagles and South United. Can you see anyone apart from that top two making a push for it? Because at the moment, I just think that the rest, of them, the rest of those sides just aren't consistent enough to be able to close the gap to the top two. Um, unless, unless Western Pride, you know, imitate what they did in 2017 and go on like a 15-game winning streak and you know knock over the likes of Thunder and Logan consecutive weeks, I honestly think that yeah, this is this comes in two and is a is a race in two for promotion to the MPL. And I think uh, Thunder have got you know I think they've got one hand on that if if there is a trophy they give out for for that because um yeah that that get that game against Logan the reverse game I think that Logan must win that. Because um, I just I just don't see Thunder at the moment um, dropping too many games, and of the chasing pack, I just don't think there's consistency there. I thought thought maybe Ipswich might um, you know might be the one that could probably be that sort of that that third team chasing, but you know dropping points to the likes of you know, South, with all due respect to them, um, that's going to do their promotion chances no help whatsoever. No, you should also point out the race is not just the the promotions, but there is a top four in the FQPL and. The race that is heating up, we've got Mitchelton on 19 points, Western Pride 18, Ipswich 15, Rochdale, Ipswich 17, big pardon, Rochdale 15, and Wynnum Wolves, who have been on a great run of form since lockdown, they're on 13. So the race between third and seventh right there is heating up as well. 
Yeah, I think that might be the motivation. I think once uh, you know, likes of Logan and Thunder clear out and sort of you know refight out for for promotion. Obviously, the, the third and fourth placing is going to be sort of um, is going to be hard for. I think Mitchelton will be be all right. I think they've got a very very good team. Um, uh, and then yeah, it's then you know Roach, Rochdale, Ipswich, probably the next couple to. to um, to sort of to fight out, uh, even you know, win them if they can get run and Western Pride are also you know thick in it. So I think that 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 will be the interest um, in a few weeks' time, especially you know when they start fighting out for those um, the third and fourth place going to the finals. We need to also see last year you don't have to be in the automatic promotion places to go on and win the grand final because Rochdale did that from mm. I believe fifth place last year. There is a midweek round Adam in the NPL Queensland. We'll keep this brief. Peninsula Power hosts Moreton Bay, Brisbane City, Brisbane Raw. Olympic, Redlands, Capalabar, Gold Coast, United, the Lions, Brisbane Strikers, and Sunshine Coast Wanderers against East. So what would you say is the pick of the fancy there? For me, it would be, I think it's Lions and Brisbane Strikers. Lions back in form and looking for revenge against a side who beat them a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, no, no, I think that's a standout of all the games on Wednesday night. I think, yeah, Lions have got a seat coming for Strikers after their shock win a few few weeks ago at Perry Park. I think it's a very, very different line site, and I don't think they're going to take them um, lightly as they probably, even though they'll never admit it, I think they were a little bit complacent going to that game at Perry Park, and I don't think that's going to happen again. I think they I think yeah, this is st- still striker side. They may be down, you know, in you know, ninth place at the moment, but there's still some good players in the team. So I think they can they're gonna come out and they'll be up for the occasion lines. Park de Paris, not Perry Park. But oh there, sorry. There's also one there's also one other really important game which we kinda of glossed over then. Sunshine Coast Wanderers against Eastern Suburbs up at Ballinger Park. This could have massive ramifications on the which I think actually that's in October, but that game will have massive ramifications on the end of season. So it's an interesting week coming ahead, Adam. Then this week midweek round plus the next weekend will really help shape a few things. Oh absolutely. I think it, we're getting in that stage now where the moving begins. Um we are we're starting to see the usual pattern where that top four, the big the big four clubs you know, traditionally are now starting to sort of clear out. Um and that, that that's gonna be an interesting battle in itself as it always is because I'll take I think the, the gap between sort of first and fourth especially they're there isn't much in it, but I even think, you know, I still stand by my claim that, you know, any team on their day in the, in the NPL, um, if they show up or a team doesn't show up, they're going to, they're going to go get beaten. So look, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of sort of stories at the moment, even at halfway point of the season. I think we're, we're in for a hell of a ride for the next couple of months. Absolutely. But the more things change, the more things stay the same. Adam, we'll, we'll talk to you later. Yep. Thanks, Scott.